Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. I love that song. I love those affirmations. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am capable. I'm funny. I'm kind of cute. Um, I, I, I wrote some of my own lyrics, and for some reason they didn't make the cut. But uh, self-talk is really important, and we want to be sure that what we are saying about ourselves are the things that we want to see demonstrated and the things we want to recognize. I don't know about you, or maybe you've done something I've done before, and have you ever stood in front of a mirror and said something like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah, (laughs) don't do that anymore. That is a waste of time and a waste of energy, and there are far better words you could say to the mirror, such as, hey, you're pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome how you got through X, Y, and Z. Great things are in your future. I just know it, and I'm going to be there with you, right? So those are the sort of things that that we want to start talking uh, and saying to that beautiful face in the mirror. And sometimes if you backslide, uh, it could happen. Just say, hey, I backslid, uh, but I'm back, and I'm going to do it over. So this is week two of our five-week back-to-school series focusing on Unity's five basic principles. And that's why you were given a textbook. So I hope you all have that and have been reading it. Uh, It's a really great compendium of ideas around Unity's five basic principles. So I want to review these five principles for you very quickly and using the children's version because I think they're a little more to the point and easier to grasp. So number one. God is all good, active in everything, everywhere. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. I am naturally good because God's divinity is in me and in everyone. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. I create my experiences because of what I choose to think and feel and believe. I love it. And through affirmative prayer and meditation, I connect with God and bring out the good in my life. And lastly, I do and give my best by living the truth I know. I make a difference. I love it. All right, I'm just getting jazzed. So just a brief recap of what we talked about last week when we talked about our first principle. And that is that this idea that God is absolute good is the capital T truth, the foundation of everything else that we teach in unity. It's the basis of affirmative prayer. It's the source of our inherent optimism. And this is an absolute truth, not a relative experience. And so what that means is, even though the facts of the moment where you might find yourself might be kind of rotten, because that's how it is sometimes, that good still exists, and it exists everywhere. So, for instance, if we are praying for health and wellness, then what we recognize is there is still health and wellness, even though the fact might indicate dis-ease or discomfort in some way, shape, form. We want to recognize and call out the good that we know always exists. It's kind of like in our meditation. If we are experiencing some manner of lack or limitation, what we know is that there is enough good and enough prosperity to go around for everyone. So we want to focus on the good and the abundance Regardless of what the facts say, regardless of what's happening at HIP National Bank, there is enough good to go around for everyone. 
you know, so if we describe God as absolute good, then the natural question is, well, what about evil? Or what about the devil? And my thought around that is, well, what about it? Please, let's focus on something else. So, I mean, the reality is we do experience rough times in things that we would call evil. Read a newspaper. It's all over the place. Bad things do happen to good people. I mean, that's just what can happen. I have a colleague, as I shared last week, who has a stock line, anything can happen to anyone at any time. That's just life on earth. Awesome things happen. People win the lottery. People fall in love. People have babies. People have graces and joys. And then awful things can happen too. But that isn't caused because of Satan or because the Satan experience itself is a metaphor for the actions that people do, grounded in hatred and ignorance and fear. So the counter is, when bad things happen, and you're wondering where God is, look for the helpers. Look for the good. It will always be there. Call it forth. Bring it out. So let's move on to our second unity principle, number two. And this is the way it's phrased in our booklet. Human beings have a spark of divinity within them, the Christ spirit within. Their very essence is of God, and therefore they are inherently good. Or as I like to say, therefore we are inherently good. Think about the song we just sang in meditation. That is an affirmation of this truth of unity, second principle. And if the nature of God is altogether good, then that which is created must be good. It is created out of the same God stuff. Now, I realize for a lot of folks, this idea is very different than what they may have been taught. There are faith traditions that don't teach that everyone is born inherently good. <laughs> you might be familiar with one or two, that people are born bad. And that's what we call the doctrine of original sin. And the justification for this is found in the book of Genesis, where Adam and Eve disobey God, and therefore the, the theology goes that their sin and their disgrace is passed on to all humanity ever since, including you and me. Now, it's a very brief description of a very large theology. And in that theology are ways to reverse that, to be restored to grace. It's, 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 again, it's a lot of teaching around that. In unity, we do not teach uh, original sin. Judaism does not teach original sin. Islam does not teach original sin. There's another idea that sometimes people have been taught that leads them to feel bad about themselves, and that's what we call substitutionary atonement or vicarious atonement. And this is the theology that says that Jesus died for your sins. There's something you've done or are that has caused Jesus to be put to death. Again, an enormous theology, and I don't mean to belittle it, so please don't hear that, but I just want to highlight that in unity, we don't teach that either. Now, we do have a teaching around what the events of what we call Passion Week or Holy Week that we use as a metaphor for the pattern of tumult and recovery and transformation that we experience in our lives in the right here and right now. And if you want to know more about that, join us next spring as we get ready for Easter. So mark your calendars. Easter is April 9th, 2023. So that's uh, just eight days after my 10th anniversary at Unity of Fairfax. So still, though, even if it's not for those theological reasons, a lot of people still come to accept the belief that they're just not good or not good enough for any number of different reasons. 
And so I'd like to take a look today at some of the collective reasons for why we as individuals might feel that we're not good enough or not good, and then some of the more specific individual reasons, and then highlight a way that we can find, um, that we can uh, enter into living the second principle of unity that says I'm inherently good. Because I don't know about you, if you have incarnated in human form like I have, then there are some days I've thought to myself, I'm a bad person. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I suspect many of us have had at least one day or a few minutes when that thought might have crossed your mind. And if it didn't cross your mind, it probably has crossed the mind of somebody you know. So I want to share with you some of my thoughts around that. Because these ideas get buried in deep within us. And so it is important, and I would say imperative, that as Unity Truth students, and as people committed to seeing the best in each other and the world, that we understand ourselves and do the work so that we might liberate ourselves from these ideas and these emotional and spiritual shackles that keep us in a less than state. So one very common category collectively that I think uh, facilitates the holding of a less than consciousness is what I call the difference between common and normal. Common and normal. Some individuals just in their family or in their community or in the world simply don't fit the established mold of what is common. And not note that I said common and not normal because these two words are not synonyms too often they are used that way but they're not so let's look at some examples let's talk about leadership for instance men in leadership positions is common it's very common however women are also leaders which is normal even though still in many upper-level management positions, men outnumber women. And no, there's nothing wrong with women being in significant power positions of power and leadership. And no, they don't deserve derogatory name-calling that often follows women in power. You follow where I'm going? The difference between normal and common? Let's take another example, and let's talk about power, and let's look at it in a collective sense. In many parts of the world, one group may have historically held power over other groups. This is common. This is history. It's all over the place. What is normal is that all people of every race, religion, or creed, or whatever, all people inherently have wisdom and intelligence creativity, and just because one group uh, does not hold governing influence does not make them bad, even if this other group is unfairly scapegoated by the group in power who use scapegoating to stay in power. You follow what I'm saying? You know, it's like, oh, we're going to make the minority or the other ones bad because they're not like us. And sometimes though, that badness gets incorporated and people start to believe it. I can't be a leader. I can't do this. I can't do that because 
That just doesn't happen. Classic example. Let's let's look at gender uh, expression. Um, heterosexuality is normal and common. Homosexuality is normal and not as common. There's nothing wrong with being either one. Although historically, the LGBT community has been routinely maligned. It's in the news again today. So there are some collective reasons why people might feel bad about themselves. I just don't fit the expectation. I'm just not like the majority of people. Doesn't make you wrong or bad, but sometimes not being in the majority leads to that experience of feeling bad about oneself. And then there are some much more personal reasons why people might develop a sense of I'm bad or not good enough. Well, some folks had the unfortunate experience of growing up in a toxic environment with unhealthy parents or caregivers being told over and over again, they're not good or they're not good enough or you're not like your siblings or that sort of thing. And it gets told over and over and over again. We call that truth through repetition. It's not really truth. It's just repetition. And it's the oldest game in the book. So perhaps wounded parents or guardians or influential adults who felt that way themselves passed it on to impressionable young people and children who simply did not have the critical thinking skills necessary to realize I'm not the one with the problem. It happens. And it takes a lot of time to come to the realization I'm not the one who had the problem. I've always been inherently good. Related to this are ideas of guilt and shame. Guilt is the experience of having done something wrong. And shame is the experience of feeling disgraced. And sometimes in life, let's just be honest, whether out of anger or ignorance or fear or confusion or some other reason, an individual will engage in an action or actions that are at best inappropriate. We'll leave it at that and later come to realize their error and their mistake, which can lead to feelings of guilt, which can lead the individual to conclude, I am a bad person. Or perhaps the individual may be the victim of a crime or, some has, or maybe had some other untoward experience and comes to feel shame which is another word for unworthiness, and concludes, I must be a bad person. This happened to me. That's never the case. So in unity, you come to unity, along, you run into this idea that we have that everybody is inherently good. Nobody is a bad person. And that doesn't mean we get a blanket uh, get out of jail free card or get out of your spiritual personal jail free card. It means that we recognize that in our humanity, in our spiritual growth and development, as we come to know the truth of who our being is, we, we may engage in actions or we may have had experiences that do not align with the truth of our being. 
but that does not detract from the truth that each and every one of us is inherently good. Those are experiences. They're kind of like the wrong icing on the cake. If you've ever iced a cake and you got it wrong, you had the wrong food coloring, well, you know what you do? You scrape it off, you put on some new icing. I like cake references. I like cake. I love seafood. <laughs> seafood is important, like cookies and that sort of thing. When, as it says in Genesis, God created mankind in God's image, do you remember what was followed up by that? And it was good. And they are good. There wasn't an exceptions list. There wasn't fine print. It was just good. And that never changed. So this does not mean that we enable or abet or excuse poor behavior in ourselves or others. But it does mean that we stay open to granting authentic forgiveness to those and ourselves who make the sincere apology and engage in the meaningful amends. It means letting go of resentments because resentments are nothing more than taking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Or in the very least, we just say, I'm done with that. Let's move on. So what can we do to purge ourselves of this embedded bad person consciousness? Well, here's some suggestions, which I offer to you at no charge. We will raise an offering, though. So first and foremost, be patient with yourselves. See, no consciousness is built or undone overnight, whether they're building the consciousness of prosperity or self-love or healing or whatever. It takes time because we have to unlearn some things and release some things and let them go. So be patient with yourselves. Secondly, when the I'm bad thought comes to mind or some version thereof, just notice you don't have to get hooked into it because it wants you to get hooked into it. You don't have to get hooked into it. Just notice it. And maybe say to yourself a statement of denial. And a statement of denial isn't that didn't happen, but a statement of denial means releasing and letting go. And a statement of denial might be, I used to believe that, but now I know it is not true. And ultimately it never was. And then fill that void with an affirmation such as, I am free to be the best me, and by golly, I look good today. Make it fun. Denial, statement of release. I used to believe that. I realize it's not true. Statement of truth is, I am an individualized expression of the creative magnificence that God is, and how sweet it is. Damn. All right. <laughs> so I'd like to close <laughs> with a story. Well, a story that happened many years ago when I was in a class at Unity Village that provided the inspiration for this talk title today, which is, Can I Really Say That? So there I was, an impressionable young person back in the last millennium, and it was back in the 1900s. And we were studying Unity's second principle, number two of five, about the indwelling Christ or the indwelling spirit or the indwelling divinity, whatever word you want to use. The principle is what's important. The word, not as much. 
And the teacher had us do an assignment that for some was very easy and perfectly natural. Some had to really take a breath before they dove in and did it. And some people simply could not do it. And here's what the assignment was. Everybody was instructed one at a time, with everybody looking at them, to stand in front of the class and say, my name is blank, and I am the Christ. Hmm? (laughs) My name is Russell, and I am the Christ. Say that in front of a mirror and just feel it. I still feel it. There's a lot that's in there, a lot of vulnerability, a lot of truth, a lot of power. The point of the lesson was to help everybody awaken to the fact that they are all individualized expressions of the Christ, not just to think about it, not just to, I have to find a paper thing, not just to read about it, but to say it and acknowledge it to other people and have it witnessed back. Now, for the people who could not do that, they had some deep embedded work yet to do, or they associated that term with Jesus only and thought to themselves, I can never be on that level. And I think it was in that class where the teacher said, you know, the only difference in the expression, the only difference between you and Jesus is the degree of expression of Christ consciousness. You see, Jesus just did it without thinking about it, just who he was. We're still growing into it. My name is, and I am the Christ. Yeah, that means, too, that we forgive and acknowledge and accept all the areas of our lives that didn't live up to that standard, and we're letting them go. That's an acknowledgement of, I want to be better, and I will work to be better. One day at a time. It doesn't mean that you or I or we won't make future errors and commit sin. You know, sin is an acronym for self-induced nonsense. There's probably going to be some self-induced nonsense somewhere in your future. But it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's just a step in the way of knowing the truth of who you are as an embodiment of the Christ. It's more just than just a spark of the divine. It's a raging inferno. And it is powerful and beautiful. And it is liberating. Can I get an amen? Amen. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.